Bo Horvat is part Gremlins. Welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? My name's Danielle. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelsey. And we are focusing on the Pacific Division today. Um, so, yeah, before we get to the Pacific Division, let's start with some just, like, quick hits around the league. Like, actually, there's a lot to talk about, but we're just going to talk about a few things, and then we'll get into the division preview. So, finally, 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 Mitch Marner has signed. And according to – well, I got this – this is a cap-friendly tweet. Um, and it says, The Toronto Maple Leafs have signed RFA forward Mitch Marner to six-year contract with a cap hit of 10 point. 893 mil per Darren Dreger. I guess Darren Dreger was the first to um, report on that. And this buys out one RFA year, three RFA arbitration eligible RFA years, and then two unrestricted free years. And then Marner will be an unrestricted free agent at the expiration date of that contract. So, what do we think? I'm just happy that it's over. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner is a leaf. Everyone in Toronto had a huge sigh of relief, put their pitchforks down. Like the hometown kid is staying, and I'm just glad it's over. Though, like now that it's over, people are focusing on Line A, and it's just like, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm happy it's over. Yeah, Kelsey. I am livid. That is not an appropriate amount of money for Mitch Marner. <laughs> what do you, is it too much, too little? It's too much. He doesn't, oh my God. Okay. I don't like that. And I don't like having so much money tied up in him. Austin, like fine. Okay. But I don't think that Mitch Marner deserves this much. And But I am impressed that Kyle did in fact sign the big three. Plus, you know, add some necessary smaller parts. Um, like Tyson Berry, and Jump yeah, I just <laughs> jumped to Mars. Forgot about him. Um, so yeah, I I wasn't worried. Like I never thought that Mitch would leave, but I did want it to drag out and be more dramatic. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think everyone, <laughs> I think everyone got a little bit of what they wanted, but also gave up a little bit. Toronto got some of his RFA years. They have him to a longish deal. Yeah. Like, like, and like the deal by the time it's over, Mitch will still be like in his prime, and he still got the money that he wanted. I guess he can leave when Austin leaves if that's what he wants. But yeah, it's, it was just like, why did this take forever? It wasn't a like crazy, crazy deal for it to have taken so long. I think I I agree with both of you. I think the pettiness, the petty part of me (laughs) wanted, like, him to be, like, 15 or nothing. Or, like, okay, okay, realistically, like, 12 or nothing. Like, I wanted him to get, like, Austin money. Um, But, (laughs) well, I don't remember how much um, Austin makes or whatever. It'll be, like, 500K base salary. Yeah. But I just, I knew he would sign, but I just wanted it to be an absurd amount so that you know, it kind of screws over the Leafs cap hit. And I mean, I still think it might, but I don't know. I just want it to be more drama. But also, like, another part of me was like, I just want it to be over. Like, I'm sick of everyone saying, like, 
oh, Mitch is a snake, like, Mitch, like, this Toronto boy, we're gonna boo him, and it's just, like, you all thought that, just, like, just because Tavares was, like, oh, I'll, I'll, like, you know, um, I'll do whatever you want, or I'll, I'll sign with the Leafs and, like, screw my old team, that you, they thought that Mitch would just do, like, take less just because, like, no, he's young, this is the best he'll probably ever play, and he wants to get paid for it, and, why not? Why can't he have both the big contract and the ad revenue or whatever he gets from his sponsorships? So, and I, it just showed how much, like, how quickly people, like, devalue players. Like, first everyone's like, oh, Mitch is so good. And then when he's like, okay, yeah, I'm good, so pay me. Everyone's like, well, he's not really that good. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, I thought, but you just said, I don't know. So I was, like, ready for it to be over. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you. Um, th- I think people want players to be good, but not think that they're good. Yeah. Not to bring up the Jets, but, like, Lion <laughs> A is, like, <laughs> people are, like, he's trash. And Lion is, like, fuck you, I'm good. Give me money. <laughs> yeah. But they're just, like, no, you're trash. You haven't scored 50 goals, so what are you doing? Like, but that's, like, I love that. I love that he has the confidence in himself to be, like, no, I'm good, pay me. And not, just because I feel like that's what, like, older, like, the old NHL would do. Like, it would just mm-hmm. be like, oh, like, these players are good, but I'm going to take a, a discount. It's like, no, you don't know. Like, tomorrow's not promised. You can get hurt, and then you'll never be able to play again, and, like, how are you going to support your family? Because most of these people, like, like, I'm, I won't say all, most, but, like, some of these people, like, they support their own family, and, like, and not, like, their own family, like, the family they have, but, like, their parents and, like, their grandparents or, like, they help their cousins. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like out of all, um, out of all of the big sports, like, hockey players make the least. And, like, um, the fact that, like, people just complain about how much they make. If you have a problem with um, player, like, uh, sports players or you know athletes making this much amount of money and you're like oh my gosh are you kidding me like this could fund a women's hockey league or this can do this like why are you putting that on Mitch why don't you talk up like talk about the big picture like why are you pointing out this one person like this one person can just be like fuck it I'm gonna let I'm gonna watch everybody else take their money and I'm gonna like all the hard work I went through it's gonna be for not because I'm gonna take all this money and do this something else with it like yeah it, like would you want that to, to happen would it be really cool and amazing if a player did that yes but like it's not fair for you to just like hold that player accountable for not doing this and I just feel like people are just so unrealistic with certain stuff like that. If you have a problem with the fact that, that like, you know, athletes make this much, but like doctors make this or like teachers make this amount, then like, I mean, why are you talking to, why are you complaining about Mitch about it? Like there's a whole bunch of other places. And out of all the big sports, like baseball, football, like I'm, I'm sorry, basketball. like basketball, like the, like NHL players make the least amount of money out of the big four. And I mean, I don't even know. Do people really consider hockey a, a part of the big four? I don't know. But I'm just saying. Well, like, yeah. There's a lot. Like, I'm just annoyed. It's just like if you, were, if you were Mitch, like, you would do the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the one thing I wanted to point out after Mitch signed was, like, how quickly other players started signing. And I was just yeah. like, oh, my God, thank goodness. Except like, for mine. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean... Some would say, do you deserve it? But we're not talking about that. We're talking about, like, the fact that they didn't sign. But, again, you got to think of the GM that they have. So, okay. Anything else on the Marner situation? 
So no. overall, like, just to say, do we like the contract? Yes? No? Maybe? <laughs> I like how high it is for the <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. Kelsey? Uh, it's fine. It's underwhelming, I think. Okay. I, I like it. I, I wish you would have got more, but I like it. So I, yeah, I think it's, I think, I actually think it's good for both sides, to be honest. But like in your heart, or do you wish that you got more, he had gotten more for the Leafs? In my heart, I, I wanted him to request a trade. Very and fair. I wanted people to be devastated. That's I wanted him to drag it out until like December, <laughs> until when he couldn't play anymore. Yeah. yeah. Missed the whole season. Totally. This isn't about Marner, but this is about the Leafs, so I'm a tagging on her here. I think it's so funny, like... I mean, I think I'm, I listen to more, like, hockey podcasts than the rest of us, but everyone keeps saying, like, oh, the, all these RFAs waiting to hold out, like, this is the Nylander effect. Like, oh, come yeah. on. Like, you really think they were just, like, they saw Nylander doing, they were like, okay, I'm going to do it too. Like, no, these people, like, players are smarter, and they know their worth, and they're going to fight for it. Like, I don't understand why everyone's like, oh, this is just because William Nylander did it. It's like, were you not expecting, like, even in the 2015 draft, Everyone was like, oh, when they, like, when they get off their entry-level contracts, like, shit's about to hit the fan. Like, yeah, I love what how they all you, just, like, blame him. Um, what do you think changed that, like, now that players are requesting, you know, more for their value? I think, I, I think they're smarter. Like, maybe, maybe not them, but their family and their agents are more, um, are smarter, more educated. And I also think that, like, th- this crop of young guys, um... Are more, like they're, they're more, more NHL ready. Yes, so they've been training for this their whole life. So they've been putting more effort in since like mm-hmm. since like at an earlier age, and I think that like that first of all their parents shelled out so much money, so like it's not just them that's benefiting from this. It's also like okay now you reap the reward like your parents reap the rewards of like your success. Yeah. Um, and I think they're also like even just like our generation like I feel like we kind of we don't we're we we don't there's no like loyalty but those to the sense that like you're not just gonna go to the same job every day if they're not like treating you well um or like stay at a place for like 30 45 years like um I know at my job there's two ladies that I work with that have been there for 30 years and honestly the thought of me staying there for 30 years makes me want to cry but so I just feel like I like we also we all we don't mind leaving a place for something better. So if there's like another team that is gonna pay you well, then you go there. Or um or you you know when you go into like demand your rights, like you start you know your rights, you know what's like um what is in your contract and what you can fight for because like at the end of the day, <laughs> we really don't have that much leverage. But the only thing we can do is like threaten to leave or demand like how much we're worth. I don't know. In my head, that's kind of how I see, I see it. I, I think it's because, like, a lot of them are so good out the gate mm-hmm. and, like, on their itty-bitty entry-level contracts. And I think, so, So like, the Kachuks, right? Like, his dad was an NHL player, and, like, mm-hmm. his dad could be, like, when my best years I was making, like, $5 million or whatever when I could have been making more. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can see that and be like, well, I'm not going to do that if I'm good right away. Like, I haven't spent a second in the minors, and why shouldn't I be paid like an actual NHL player? Yeah. And I think, and I do think, like, what you're saying about, like, if if a situation is bad, I don't want to be stuck 
in in this place where yeah. like I'm not gonna be able to win. So, all right, let's move on because we're hitting these next three things quick. So the CBA, um, the NHLPA announced yesterday. I want to say yes. Um, that uh, yesterday was the 16th. And they announced that the executive board has declined to reopen the CBA with the NHL following the 2019-20 season. The current CBA remains in effect through the 21-22 season, and the NHLPA advised the league of its decision earlier today. So just to give a little bit of background um, on this, pending, like if the NHL Players Association didn't um, reopen or did want to reopen, he said that, okay, so the NHL Association will announce if it tends to reopen and the collective bargaining agreement if that occurs it means it means that the existing cba will expire on september 15 2020 and unless a new cba is negotiated between now and then there will be a lockout slash strike if the nhl chooses um, does choose to reopen today it doesn't definitely definitely mean there will be a lockout in one year but it's a possibility um they said if they do announce that they're waiving its right to reopen, which it did, um, then we're guaranteed at least three years of labor peace. It's all spelled out in the current CBA, um, and it would not expire um, September 15th, 2020, and it would extend two more seasons. And he was saying, of course, it's never quite that simple. Uh, in the past couple of days, weeks, months, the NHL and the NHLPA have been negotiating potential amendments to the existing CBA and discussing framework framework slash details of the CBA extension that can give us labor peace um, up until 2025, maybe even 2026. Um, the two sides haven't reached an agreement, uh, but by all accounts, they have made several no notable um, adjustments. And he said today is the deadline for the players to make their decision. Mm, okay. Well, he goes on to say if they did, goes on to talk about what would happen if they did reopen, but since they didn't, we don't really have to talk about it. So, Ladies, what do you think about then the NHLPA's decision? I feel like they're delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, I saw a lot of like people who have jobs linked to hockey just being mm -hmm. like, "I'm just happy. I'm gonna at least be guaranteed work for another three years, and I don't have to like think about what I'm gonna do for that lockout year." Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah, I didn't have too strong of feelings on it. I mean, I was happy i like to watch hockey so i like to have a season yeah and like christy said i'm happy that you know people not even just the players but you know just people involved in the sport at all levels um have a little bit more stability at least for the next three years but i do agree that you know it's just more of a band-aid nothing really yeah. got got fixed i was actually pretty surprised i thought they were gonna um i thought they were gonna try to reopen it um just because you know, the whole thing with, like, not going to the um, Olympics, Olympics oh, that's and just, true. like, other stuff, like, bigger things that, like, you know, they can put into their contract. Um, and, like, the escrow, I heard, is, like, a really big thing that, you know, the NHL is making tons, like, taking tons of players, like, quote-unquote money um, mm -hmm. to, like, fit the escrow. And I just thought they would fight for more of that. And I thought, like, maybe the younger guys, and I don't know who is, like, the rep for like the player rep for the NHLPA but I just thought that they would they maybe one of the younger guys would like step up and say something but they didn't and I just keep wondering if they keep saying like content with it then it really doesn't help and like you said I do agree Christy that they're just like prolonging the inevitable um 
So, I mean, I was surprised, but um, it doesn't affect me either way. Um, I know that Jake Gensel <laughs> is happy because he doesn't have to worry about oh, yeah. not having lockout protection. <laughs> I, I wonder if, like, um, like, if they bargained to go to the Olympics, if they decided not to reopen it. Um, yeah, I think those are some of the things they're, like, discussing to, like, um, that, like, I think those are part, like, some of the things they're bringing up in the, ne- the negotiation process, but the fact that they weren't, like, okay, if it's not, dis- like, you know, if we can't find something within the year, then we're not playing, they were just, like, okay, so if we don't find something in these three years, then we'll revisit this, which I kind of felt was, like, kind of, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Well... The next Winter Olympics is 2022. Okay. So they yeah. can, I guess they still have, well, I guess they still have time. They have time. To... Yeah, so it says the current CBA remains in effect through the 21-22 season. So right. hopefully they have, they've reached some type of, um, of agreement. Right. But they could start. They could start talking about, like... Oh, no, they're still talking about it. Yeah, there's yeah. still a negotiation, yeah. They can negotiate through this three... This... All right, so I guess... Yeah, I, I mean... guess they have time. Okay, moving on. Any other yes. questions about the CBA? Or not questions, comments? I have no answers, so no questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I can, like... If there are a lot of players in a Jake Gensel situation... I can guess, I guess I can yeah. see them being like, let's not reopen it, but like still negotiate. <laughs> so like it, yeah. players are still getting paid and still playing while still mm-hmm. like talking about stuff. Yeah. So um, we have a couple of women's hockey news. So um, today, uh, Dunkin' Donuts just released its, it released a tweet, but it released its announcement that it was partnering up with the NWHL. Um, okay, <clears throat> so the the cool part about the fact that Dunkin' Donuts is partnering with the NWHL is that it is also partnering with the PWHPA um, in their like certain like grow the game for the game season tour where they're like hitting up certain um, locations. Like I know Chicago's one. So it's Dunkin' Donuts is sponsoring the Dream Gap Tour, which is like ha- starting to October 4th, and they can catch all of the best female hockey players in the U.S. and Canada um, play against each other. There's, like, four different teams. Um, but, yeah, so basically Dunkin' Donuts is partnering with both. Um, so they didn't have to pick a side. They're just partnering with both. They really want to support women's hockey, and this is how they felt that was the best way to do it, was not to pick a side and just, give, give like, sponsor both. So I think that's really cool. I've always, yeah. um, I always drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee because <laughs> it's just so easy and convenient. But like, obviously I'm going to continue to do that because they keep supporting women's hockey, which I think is really cool. And- no comments. I just, okay. I like it. I support it. Yeah. Still going to drink like Starbucks, but. <laughs> oh my God. Kelsey, don't say that on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. And then the last, the really cool thing. I'm starting the season is that um, Twitch is beginning to stream NWHL games. Um, and this is a three season deal that includes a rights fee paid by the streaming site. Um, <clears throat> and so the 
um, announcement was the NWHL has a global streaming partner or has a new global streaming partner in Twitch. This is a video gaming streaming company owned by Amazon. Um, secured broadcasting rights for three seasons starting this upcoming season. In addition, Twitch is paying the WNH, the NWHL, a broadcasting rights fee, a first for the league, uh, and this deal falls under the NWHLPA's revenue split agreement, giving the players 50% of the revenue, which I think is a huge, huge deal. The fact that, you know, um, the NWHL finally has a streaming partner and like any fan can just go on to like download Twitch and watch their games. And I think you can also comment on it, um, which is similar to like their Facebook uh, streaming site or they're st streaming the games on Facebook. So I think that's like a really big like announcement and like really cool for women's hockey or not women's hockey, the NWHL. And just, like, um, being super accessible. Yeah. I like how players are going to get a little bit yeah. of money. Yeah. Because um, I know that's a big deal for them. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the the higher paid or, like, the star players didn't need the money because all women hockey players need the money. But, like, this money is going to, like, girls that really can use it. Right. And girls because that don't low. have, like... Um, endorsement like deals. Deal. Yeah. 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 So this can go to like sticks and new gear, or skates or whatever. Cause I, I bet they have to pay for all of that themselves. Yeah. yeah. And just like health insurance. There's also, I didn't put this in the outline, but today I believe that the Boston pride was bought by, um, like another, uh, like it's not no longer going to be run by the W the NWHL. It's like has a private owner. Which will be the first, will it be the only team that has that because these Buttes were owned by the Pagulas, but the Pagulas kind of gave them back to the league. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but I mean, I don't know how what that means, but yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I believe that they got, well, he, the owner, it's a man, but he um, used to go to the games with his daughters. And so he's a part of. Um, another sponsor of the W, the NWHL, and so he was interacting with a lot of the players, interacting a lot with the Boston Pride, and so he just decided to buy it. Finally, let's move on to the Pacific Division, and we're starting with the Calgary Flames. Last season, in the 2018-2019 season, the Calgary Flames won the division, um, and they had 107 points. Uh, we'll go in a similar format as our central division. So the additions, uh, they added Cam Talbot. And then the subtractions, Mike Smith left, Oscar Vantenberg, and then Garrett H Hathaway. Through these additions and subtractions, and this is per Dom Lashishkin's model on The Athletic, he said this um, this added zero wins. And the salary, it just shedded $4.4 million. Before I ask you ladies what you think of the Flames, I have just a little bit of information from the NHL. There was an article that they released that was the Pacific Division's Best Teams Debated by the NHL.com. So it's about nine writers. And here's what Tim Campbell, a staff writer from the NHL.com, had to say about the Flames. He said, Flames 
were obviously, like I stated, at the top of the division last season um, with 107 points and were the cream of the crop. They are in no way diminished this season. Returning uh, is their dangerous top line of Sean Monahan, Johnny Gaudreau, and Elias Lindholm, as well as forward Matthew Kachuk, even though he's currently unsigned. And then Mike Morrell, a staff writer who also picked the Calgary Flames as the best team, he said, specifically with Goudreau, he had 99 points last season and to lead the offense and scored the offense that scored 3.52 goals per game, which tied the Sharks for second in the NHL behind only Tampa, who had 3.89, who scored 3.89 goals per game. And that's like an average. And he said the Flames also had the best home record of 26, 10 and 5 and road record 24, 15 and 2 in the West. Their power play ranked set. Their power play ranked 18th in the NHL, clicking at 18.3%. And they said the team, they led the league with 18 shorthanded goals. The defense was anchored by Giordano, or Giordano, Hamannick, Hannafin, and Brody. That's their opinion of the Calgary Flames. What do you guys like about this team? I think I like the addition of Cam Talbot. Um, I think that Calgary... I think that Calgary's defense is miles ahead of Edmonton's and he shouldn't struggle as much as he did in Edmonton last year. And I think they actually have like a goalie that's supposed to be like their like upcoming goalie. They're just kind of waiting for him to steal the starter job from whoever their starter is. So I think with that and Kim Talbot not having to play as many games that he should, he, he's going to be more consistent than Mike Smith. Yeah. I mean, I think that they didn't make anything too. They didn't make any drastic changes over the summer, which I like, because um, I mean they were a good team last year, so they didn't really need to do much. Um, I agree with Christy that Cam Talbot, I think, will just be an added perk to everything that they already have going for them. Um, so, yeah, I feel good about them. Um, I think, I think they'll, you know, stay as one of the um, Pacific's most or strongest teams. So, yeah. You, oh, we forgot something. They got Milan Lucic. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. How did I forget that? Okay. Well, Straight yeah. Out. So <laughs> <laughs> they did. They traded James Neal for Milan Lucic. I don't know how I forgot that. That's such a dumb move to me. Not, like, bringing up Milan Lucic. I do agree with you guys. (laughs) And I also agree with the two staff writers on the NHL.com. Because I think, like we said, Calgary was at the top of the division. And why make... Like, yeah, their their postseason was not ideal. um, But their regular season, they were good. And I, I think, you know, if it's not... Like, you shouldn't make any drastic changes to a 107 point team. Um, I think, you know, closer to the playoffs, do you want to make a a couple moves, like, before the deadline? Then, yeah, but as of right now, to get through the 82-game season, I like their team. Speaking of the Milan-Lucic trade, any concerns about this team? (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Besides Milan-Lucic, their bottom six is Mm -hmm. questionable. I know they signed Andrew Andrew Magnapane and people were really excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
outside of him, like Sam Bennett hasn't. He's struggled, I feel. And then Milan Lucic. Can know. you pull up Sam's numbers? Like, what was his? What were his numbers last? Season? So to bring up Andrew Menapen, I don't know Andrew M. We're gonna call him from now. He was <laughs> signed um, to a one-way, a one-year, two-way contract worth like seven hundred and fifteen thousand. But he's like his name was brought up because. Matthew Kachuk is still unsigned, and people were saying that if they can't get Kachuk signed before the start of the season, that this would be a, like a big opportunity for Andrew because it would put him in the top six, which everyone thinks would definitely help his production. I think not signing Kachuk is a big concern for me. I, from what I can see on Calgary, he was a major part of their leadership because he already had the A his third year. There's depth scoring because he had. 77 points, which was 34 goals and 43 assists. So Kachuk is a really useful player. And the fact that they wouldn't want to pay him, like the fact that I'm not saying that it's not urgent for them to sign him, but it's like we're into training, big preseason and he's still not signed. So, yeah. Um, I have Sam Bennett's numbers. Cool. So last season he played – 71 games and he, he had 27 points mm-hmm. um and the season before that he played all 82 and he had like 26 points so while what's his position he is a he, i guess he's a center but oh. on daily faceoff they have him as a wing as a right wing i wonder if this is something that calgary can fix with like just having better like a better center to like help him produce that's that's actually like I mean I always I feel like I've heard Sam Bennett's name all the time like every year and I just always thought he was good like he produced more than that but I mean yeah that's that's not really great um, in your third line like uh, how I much is he making do you know like 2.5 okay okay he's, they're not I think it's because he was like um first round fourth pick so people are he was fourth overall yeah wow okay yeah yeah so people are just like where is it buddy (laughs) like yeah i mean some people just don't have it you know they're not i mean okay so moving on to a breakout player so right now i have um a couple players that people um highlighted for fantasy now i know fantasy isn't the same as breakout for like you know in real life but these could be potential breakout players. Um, they have David Riddick, who is the backup goalie, Christy, that you were um, talking about. So he could have a breakout season and maybe take away that starter position from Cam Talbot. Or, I mean, obviously they can split it 50-50, which I think is more realistic, especially for how old Cam Talbot is. Um, <laughs> then Sam Bennett and Rasmus Anderson, which are deep sleepers, so... I mean, someone that can get hot at any time. And then Elias Lindholm, who is that third, um, that third player on the Monaghan and Monaghan and Gaudreau line. Yeah, I can see him being a sleeper pick in fantasy because, like, yeah. if you're on that line, like you're gonna rack up points. 
And, like, people just pick up Johnny and Monahan. They don't really think about the third person on that line. What do you guys Is there anybody that you would want to add to this that you think might be a breakout player? Is there someone that you think from this list could be or you see having the potential? Um, David Riddick, I can see, like, being, like, taking that next step. I'm, I think I'm excited about what Matthew can Chuck, Chuck could do because I remember the 2015 draft. He was my favorite first round player but really then he was like yeah i don't want to talk about it um and then <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of like he's kind of like a shit stirrer, so like i want to see him produce more even though he did last yeah. year i just want to see like more really and that's so interesting that you say that christy because um over the summer, I did, like, a little, not, like, a deep dive into the Kachuk family, but, like, I did a deep dive into the Kachuk family, and so I, like, that's Matthew's second year, like, well, he talked about his first three years in the in the league, and he was saying how um, his first year, he kind of just, he got a, a reputation that he didn't really like, and then the second year, he was injured, and then he couldn't really shake that reputation. So going into his third year, the season that just passed, he definitely worked on his training. He worked on his um, shot, and that's how you can see that growth from or growth of production. Um, and he wanted to be a lot more than just, like, a shitster. Like, I mean, him and Brady are shitsters. They always will be. That's just how they play. That's just how their father played. But, I mean, I feel like Matthews... <laughs> Matthew's more like he's like he's a, a legitimate scoring threat now and not mm -hmm. just a, a pain in the ass. Looking at his numbers and looking at his um his penalty numbers, like his like yeah. the difference between his first year and his um other two years are like he's yeah. almost dropped it in half. Yeah. And that was something that he specifically said he wanted to work on. I believe it was during the father-son trip this past year. Um, he talked about it. And um, and I think, like, he and his father were like, yeah, like, Matthew was getting a reputation that he's not. I think Keith kind of said him a little bit straight. But um, they are just talking about his reputation and how he wanted to be so much more than just a pest. Mm-hmm. But Drew Daddy doesn't forget. I mean, he does not forgive. <laughs> oh my God, and I love it. Like, I just, it literally keeps me warm at night. Like, oh. it warms my heart, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Kelsey, any sleepers that you, or breakouts that you think? Um, not really. I mean, okay. um, having learned more about Sam Bennett in the past, like, ten minutes, <laughs> um, I'd like to see him break out. Um, if he yeah, has, that would be nice. you know, that much potential, I think it would be fun for him to have, you know, a great year, but yeah, I, you can just count on Calgary to be like good and steady and just doing their thing. Yeah. And then like burst in flames in the playoffs. Yes. Unfortunately. They actually have to play actual teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Christine. I mean, <laughs> you are whoa <laughs> all right so we're moving on to san jose <laughs> i'm moving on to san jose uh last season they had 101 points um notable additions none hopefully that i'm right on that and we, i didn't forget a trade but the subtractions they lost joe pavelski gustav nyquist Don, Jonas Donskoy, Justin Braun, 
um, Yoki, Yoakim Ryan. Um, and then based on, again, Don Lashishkin's model, these, um, subtractions, uh, added to point or negative point three wins. Um, and then the salary cap that they shedded was 15 million. Oh. Um, okay. So in the article that I talk about this Pacific Division's best teams debated by the NHL.com, only one person picked the Sharks, and I feel like that person might have been Kelsey, just under a, <laughs> a different name. <laughs> but Tim or Tom Galetti, who's a staff writer, picked the Sharks. He said this was a difficult decision because none of the top teams in the Pacific made any significant off-season additions, and I'm not ready to jump on the bandwagon of the Arizona Coyotes yet. Um, so he said he picked the Sharks. He said. While everyone's been waiting for the Sharks' Stanley Cup window to close because of their core getting older, they've gradually been transitioning their next generation. Logan Couture, um, who is now the new captain, uh, he said he appears to be ready to take over and lead the team of talented forward groups that includes Thomas Hurdle, who's 25, Timo Meyer, who's 22, Evander Kane, and then Kevin LeBlanc. Uh, and they said, with Carlson, who has re-signed for eight seasons and is expected to be healthy after playing through injuries last season, um, San Jose will perhaps have the strongest top three on defense in the NHL with him, Burns, and Mark Edward Vlasic. So, what do we like about this team? I mean, I like that, like, they, they're, they're slowly transitioning their older players out and they're bringing, they're like, okay, like, having their new their younger players like step up but not too quickly where they're overwhelmed mm-hmm. and they get like drowned um so i like that i like eric carlson obviously this is a pro eric carlson podcast <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say to i to piggyback off what you said Christine, and just to add something i really like that you know they they didn't cut their young guys to keep the old guys. Like the fact that their ca- captain walked and re-signed to a different team to, and they knew that they had to, they, they, they picked, do they want to pay Carlson and Timo Myers and um, Kevin LeBlanc or re-sign like, you know, uh, their captain and then only be able to pay maybe Eric, just Eric Carlson. Like they have, it's like they had loyalty, but they also, you know, want to win and they know what it takes to win. And maybe that's cutting losses with someone who means a lot to the organization. So I thought that was like something that you really don't normally see for teams because they lock in the sentimental players. I feel like. I think that the sharks are actually like really good at that. Like they let, um, Mm -hmm. they let go of Marlowe. Yes. Thank you. Um, and I mean, he was, I think that, Pavelski had more left in the tank than um, mm-hmm. Marla did when he left. But yeah, um, when you were saying, like, what do we like about this team? I know in my head there are things to like, but in my heart, <laughs> I'm worried for them. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, fair. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they'll be missing Pavelski. They do have a lot of, I don't know, not a lot, but um, they do have some significant young talent coming up. So I'm not completely concerned that, you know, they won't be able to ice the lineup. But I think we'll be seeing a very different San Jose Sharks, and I don't quite know how to feel about it yet. Yeah. 
And I think it's important for players like Timo Myers and Kevin LeBlanc, even though LeBlanc's contract actually was extremely team friendly, mm-hmm. um, they need to step up and they're a part of that core now that needs to be reliable and produce every night and not be inconsistent. And right. because when you're younger, you can kind of get away with that, especially if you're on the line with like a more um, veteran player who produces. I'm no. looking at their I'm looking at their cap friendly and um there are some question marks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talking about uh, that, let's go into concerns. <laughs> well, not so much for this year, but they do only have like two million dollars left in cap um space. But like they have a lot of UFAs, RFAs coming up and Brent Burns is Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic are both over the age of 30, and they're they're both signed for, like, five more years. Mark Edward Vlasic a little bit longer. Um, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm worried, because all of, after Carlson, Burns, Vlasic, after this year, they're all UFAs. The rest of their defense? Yeah, UFAs are, there's one RFA, but I don't even think he's going to play this year. Oh, okay. It's just like, okay. Uh, I think in those positions, I mean, you have to see what, I don't know what their depth in on defense looks like, but I know for the regular season, I think you can get by with those three players. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can get by with, like, a solid pair and a half, depending on where, um, like, depending on how they're slotted into the lineup um, or their pairings. The one thing that concerns me about the Sharks is, and I hate to say this, and I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming him. But their goaltending no. makes me just, I know, I'm not, I'm absolutely not blaming him. It just makes me a little nervous. The same way that it, like, makes, like, Pittsburgh's goaltending makes me nervous. Because it's like, when Murray's not there, like, what is going to happen? And I kind of feel like if the Sharks' goaltending's not there, what's going to happen? I think that's a valid concern yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because outside of Mark Edward Vlasic, who did have a down year, the defensemen that they have have a reputation of not being the best defensively yeah. as defensemen. And yeah. so I wonder if that um, was a contributor to why he had such a bad season because he's yeah. not a bad goalie. What I will say, and I can only say this about Justin Braun, um, he w- his deployment was kind of like he was only deployed in the defensive zone against top competition. Mm-hmm. So like he's not he's not like he's not gonna be good offensively. He's kind of like a defensive defenseman, and he's not a great defensive defenseman by any means. So the fact that he was being deployed only in the defensive zone against top competition, like his numbers were not good. Um, that was something that when he came to Philadelphia, everyone was like, how, like, why would you get someone whose who's statistical stats, well, I shouldn't say statistical stats, his just his stats are really, really bad. But one of like the athletic Philadelphia um, beat writer, 
beat reporters looked into his stats and were like, well, listen, they're very, very bad, but he was only deployed against, um, in the defensive zone. So he was never in the neutral zone, never in the offensive zone. Like when he would get the puck out, they'd be like, all right, change. Let's put Burns or Carlson or Mark Edward Vlasic out there. And he never played with any of the positive defensemen. He only played like they were always going like on the offense and he was only deployed on the defensive side with really, really hard competition. So maybe if that's something that they fix and even out, I don't know, that could help some of their other defensemen. In the defense of Martin Jones, he did, he did play 60 games this year. Like, yeah, he, like in the past, I just had it. Yeah. Past like, um, four years he's played more than 60 games each year um and i'm looking at aaron dell's numbers too and aaron dell is a consistent goalie that gives you like Mm -hmm. average goaltending or above and last year he also had also he also had like a really bad year so Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would put that on the goalies and more on the team Um, but no and that's fair that's fair and that's another concern because it's like, okay, so last year, would you say that that team or that roster team is better than the roster team they have this year? Um, or like you have more faith in those, that that team because to plug in, they're, they're plugging in like, you know, unproven guys, I feel like in certain positions. Mm-hmm. Like who's the second line center? Who's the third line center? Because I feel like in today's NHL, you need three scoring lines um and if your third line's not going to score it needs to come out even because I, th- so. I think they're i think they're good in terms of centers i think it was more because they have down the middle they have couture hurdle and thornton and i think okay. that, that should be able to get you by whether your third line is scoring or not um mm-hmm. but i think eric carlson struggled a lot last year yeah. And he should he should be healthy this year. So I think that their defense should be a little bit better and not as leaky. Yeah, I think last year was just uncharacteristic for mm. both of their goalies. It was yeah. <laughs> like they've never put numbers that bad before. So moving on to breakout player. Do you guys have any that you think? I have two fantasy ones here, <laughs> um, which would be Martin Jones and he, um, he's a breakout player because they believe he'll have a back, a bounce back season, which is similar to what you said, Christy. And then Kevin LeBlanc is a sleeper because he had a really good season last year, mm-hmm. um, and he really stepped up and showed his skills. So that's something that they think he can continue. And it's a contract year. Yes, he only signed one year. Yeah, I think. I don't know why I really like Tomas Hurdle. Um, Me too. So I hope he does really well. I'm curious to see what Timo Meyer is going to do. Um, Logan Couture can choke. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in, like, Eric Carlson, like, how yeah. he's going to, like, now that he's been in San Jose for a year, like, he has this contract, like, hopefully he's settled and he's healthy. So I'm interested in how, how well he's going to do and how they're going to deploy him. Yes. Okay. Kelsey, you agree? Um, I do agree, and I think that Martin Jones and Kevin LeBlanc are two like really good choices. Um, 
I, if I had to pick one, I would definitely want it to be Martin Jones. Um, he deserves it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, as we've been saying, there are a lot of players on the team right now who um, this is a great opportunity for them and sort of this, um, not an absence of leadership because they do still have, you know, the leadership players on their team. They have, you know, Joe Thornton and Brett Burns, Eric Carlson, you know, all these guys who know how to lead. But I also think that this is a great opportunity for um the younger guys to really step up and have their, you know, breakout moments, ha- yeah. have a more active role in the leadership and really um, come into their own on the team. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be a transitional year, so I feel like it could go either way success-wise, um, but they will sure be out there doing it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be playing that hockey. <laughs> they will. Maybe two games. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think I think – my breakout player would probably be Timo, just because I like seeing that on my dash. But we're going to move on to the Vegas Golden Knights. So last season, um, they had 93 points. Any additions to the team are none. And the subtractions, wait, who did they add? No. Oh, you like made this look like, oh, like no, I was wrong. I was, I was like, like, oh my really god. They didn't add anyone? Yeah. That's what well, I thought. Well, look too. at their cap friendly because they are. They were not going to be able to resign. Yeah. So they subtracted Colin Miller, who went to Buffalo, um, Eric Halla, Ryan Carpenter, Pierre-Edward Belmar, Derek England. And so with these notable subtractions, they they subtracted 0.4 wins, um, and then they got rid of $10.2 million million in salary. Um, I'll pull out this. Pacific Division Best Team Debated by NHL.com. Out of all of the, like, writers, five picked Vegas. The reason why they picked Vegas is they said, the Vegas Golden Knights are probably the team in the Pacific Division with the best balance of veterans and young players. Patch Reddish now has a full, fully adjusted and more comfortable playing in Vegas, and there's plenty offensive talent with Patch Reddish, Stastny, Marshaw, and Tuck. Flurry is still an elite goalie, but he'll turn 35 in November, and Vegas may want to manage his workload after he played 81 games last season and went 35-21-5 and had a 2.51 goals against average and a 9.13 save percentage. And to do that, the Golden Knights will need to, uh, to lean more on their backup, Malcolm Subban, who went 8-10-2. and two with a uh, 2.93 goals against average and a .902 save percentage. Ladies, what do you like about this team? Um, Wow, nothing. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Stone. That's what I like. And I like William Carlson. Wild Bill. I do not like Wild Bill. I don't either. I also hate that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. Um, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves, a king. A king among men. Okay, <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> I like him. I like, I like Ryan Reeves. Okay, so I would say what I really like about Golden Knights is I think their top six is probably the best in the le- in the division. It's just really good. Like, even that second line of, like, Pacioretty, Stastny, that's a, and... That's a first line. Is that their first line? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, wh- whatever um, Bill. Bill. 
his line isn't he a center his line yeah. is really good i know that that was their top quote unquote top line before um but yeah their top six is very very good mm-hmm. i think that's moving on to concerns what is a concern for you about vegas goaltending oh I would have thought you were the one from Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, (laughs) out of all of us, I expect Kelsey to. Really? I was going to say it too, but I I was waiting for my turn. Wait, so, okay, out of the goaltending, like, who is the one that concerns you? Mark Andre. Suvan or? I would would say, what did you say, Kelsey? I didn't hear you. (laughs) Mark Andre. Oh, yeah, I say both. See, I say uh, Malcolm Subban. Um, <laughs> I think Flowers good. I mean, he's old. Don't get me wrong, he's old. <laughs> but I still think Flowers good. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm biased. I'm not saying that he's like bad or anything. It's just like he's getting older. I feel like he shouldn't have to play sixty odd games. Yeah. I don't think Subban yeah. is a good backup to like like um, steal starts from him. So I feel like Mark would have to play more, and their defense is a little suspect. Especially losing Colin Miller. Right. I, I think goaltending is the question mark. I think they need to move on from Malcolm if they're going to keep playing um, Flurry. Because I don't know who they have in, like, the pipeline that's supposed to be, like, their heir apparent after, like, Flurry retires or whatever. Because it's not. Even. Yeah. I don't know if they have one. I mean, they have a lot of good goalies like remember their first season they were going yeah. through goalies like nothing yeah but i will say this season they had they do they will have a full season of nate schmidt nate schmidt yeah, yeah. Uh, i like I, nate schmidt. i mean i don't have a problem with him but i just don't necessarily know that he'll factor in as much as people hope yeah i think he'll help the defense because I, mean, I don't think i'll hurt it, it. It's like Nate Schmidt, Shea Theodore, and then who else? Like me and you, basically. I mean, as long as they're paying, I wouldn't mind. All right, so moving on to breakout player. So right here, obviously, like I, like before, I have a couple um, fantasy players. So someone said, well, they said William Carlson will have a back bounce, back bounce year. Max Pacioretty and Paul Snass. Stastny because of like injury bounce backs then Shade Theodore they believe he'll have a breakout season and then Alex Tuck I was just gonna say that the name Shay Theodore is very pleasing to me so I'm rooting for him to have a breakout season oh yeah he's a duck too so oh, was he? yeah hmm. um I think yeah I think I'm looking at I think Pacioretty's gonna have a really good season because mm-hmm. apparently he's looked really good in the preseason, which doesn't count for much, but I think, you know, he's he's healed. He, Him and his family are settled, so I think he should be really, really good. Um, Let's move on. I think we're good with Vegas. <laughs> but um, wrapping up the big three, I wanted to say um, one of the, the NHL staff writers in the article said... This division looks like it's a, uh, a three-team race between the Golden Knights, the Flames, and the Sharks. The Flames are strong offensively and defensively, but goalie, but their goalie will be a question mark with Dave Riddick and Cam Talbot. The Sharks lost free agents Pravelski, Gustav Nyquist, Jonas Donskoy from their forward group this offseason, and such the Golden Knights look to be the most complete team of the bunch. 
the la- the late season addition of Stone, um, having Patch Reddy, Carlson, and Stastny, uh, defenseman Nate Schmidt and Theodore are all prime in their careers, and Flurry showed he still has plenty left in the tank. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment? I don't I don't know if I would give that defense as much credit. I don't think he gave that the defense of Vegas that much credit as much as Shea Theodore and Nate Schmidt, and then Flurry being able to take an insane amount of shots like every game like yeah yeah, he can just yeah I still think their forward group's really good Mm -hmm. but I definitely understand I I I think more so his concerns of the other two groups were similar concerns that I have that I can see the Knights being the most stable of the three top teams okay but that being said do you And I mean, this doesn't really matter. Like, I agree. I think that those are going to be the top three, the Flames, the Sharks, and um, the Knights. But calling the Knights the most complete, I don't necessarily see them being the best of the three. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. I I think best and complete are two different. I think the Knights may be the most well-rounded, whereas the other two have better, like, I think the Sharks have a better defense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the Flames have, like, I don't know, maybe I won't say they have the better top six, but I think that they have a top six that can definitely be the best out of all three of them. So there's a lot of questions, but I think it's just, to me, this, these top three, I don't know how it'll shake out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Flames that win the division or the the Knights or the Sharks. I don't think it's going to be the Sharks. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised. If it was the Sharks, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if I agree. I feel like like the Flames are more well-rounded because I I know that, like, yeah, with Vegas, their their top line is really, really good. Because, like, Stone and Patriotty and Stassi are, like, amazing. But I just feel like in terms of defense, I think the Flames have a more well-rounded defense than the Knights. And I think that um, and I think that, that will help out their goalies more, where their goalies aren't having, mm-hmm. aren't having to make, like, such ridiculous saves. So they're, they'll be, like, better rested, I guess. Yeah, I feel like the, the Flames have a more cohesive group than the Knights even though like their top line probably has more upside because they have more talent up there that's fair my only thing would be like you know if if we say that out of the top three that the Flames defense is the best or the most well-rounded then why did Mark Stone have such not a bad year in Calgary but why was he so inconsistent do you feel that Cam Talbot's just a better goaltender than Mark? Not not Mark Stone. I'm sorry, Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. Yeah, the MS. I <laughs> yeah, I, I do was think like, that. yeah, you got it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do think that Cam Talbot's a better goalie than Mike Smith. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm. I'm not. I don't disagree with that, but I don't know if I necessarily agree. Okay, moving on, and we'll, we're gonna have to do these rest of these pretty fast. Arizona. Last season, they were um, fourth in the division, and they had 86 points. Um, additions this summer, they had Phil Kessel and Carl Sutterberg. Um, subtractions, they got rid of Richard Panic, Alex Galchenyuk, Nick Cousins, Mario Kempe, and Kevin 
Nick Kevin C. And then, so, with these additions and these subtractions, they added 0.7 wins. They added 0.8 million dollars. So, not even a million dollars. So, what do you like about this? Um, I think I like, I, I like their defense. They have, like, good defensemen. I feel like mm-hmm. the past couple of years, they've, a lot of their defensemen have been plagued with injury. So I think if they're all healthy, it should be a decent defense. I love Phil Kessel, as we all know. I think that's about where it stops. Well, I like their, <laughs> um, I like their, I like their goalies. Mm-hmm. I think their goalies are good. Um, I think their defense, if they're all healthy, is good. I think what they've had a problem with the past couple of years have been scoring. Phil Kessel helps. I don't know how much he helps, but he does help. I like Arizona for this upcoming season. Um, I think that their defense, if they stay healthy, will be really strong. Um, I like that they added scoring and some um, forward power with Phil Kessel. I am very hopeful that Clayton Keller will have a better year. And I just... I think there's a lot to be excited about. I don't know if that'll transfer into an enormous amount of success, but I hope it does. I looked at Dom Lashishkin's um, evaluation or like primer for the this season, the 2019-2020 Arizona Coyotes, and basically, you know, his breakdown of it was the Coyotes are in a weak division. So if everything goes right, they can take advantage of that. And then, Kelsey, like you talked about, Keller regaining rookie form um, because the last two seasons haven't been as good or as um, dominant as his first one. Um, And he hasn't really catapulted higher than his rookie season. Or not catapulted, progressed better. Like, you haven't seen that progression. Dom really focuses on Keller regaining rookie form as well as um, Antiranta staying healthy. So their goaltending, I didn't realize how good um, Antiranta has been for them um, or is just in general. Uh, but Dom has a chart of uh, their depth chart for the N- their NHL team. And Ranta almost ranks as high as Phil Kessel in like the quality of player he is. So they're both in that elite um, or right under that elite status. And so if, if Ranta can stay healthy, last season I believe he played 81, I mean 41 games. So if he can hit that 55 to 60 games played mark, um, I think that could definitely help uh, the Yotes. The one thing I do want to point up, and maybe this should go into the concerns part, is just that Oliver ekman Larson isn't as good as um, his pedigree will will say just these last past two seasons his play or his stats um haven't been to the level they once were so if he can you know either stay even or get back to form I think that would definitely help but yeah he hasn't been that that good Dom actually has him paired with Jason Demers and I don't know if that's like an actual pairing that they're going to use this season but as much as I love Demers um I don't think he's as good as a top-pairing defensive pair should be. Yeah, so I don't know where they would put him, to be honest, because he ha- he didn't play, really, last season. And I know Chikrin was out, 
two last season. Yeah, he's just so good out there. Do we want to move on to the breakout player? Mm-hmm. Or does anybody have any more concerns? So, oh, do you have, do you have something? Just like their forwards are all a concern. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. But I feel like last season they were able to, like no one had, like no one had like a, they didn't have like a 25 goal scorer on the team it was kind of just by committee it was spread out I mean this year they'll definitely have a player that can score 30 goals and that will be Phil Kessel okay so breakout player um they have Clayton Keller a bounce back season Antiranta and Nick Schmaltz just because they were both injured um and they could have bounce back seasons and then Darcy Kemper is a sleeper pick I agree with this list I agree I think, honestly, I mean, this might be the most, it's the most obvious pick, but I mean, I'd say Phil Kessel is going to be their breakout player. Like, they've never had a player that's probably going to score as much as he did, or he will. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely say Phil Kessel. I hope they take advantage of how weak their division is currently. Mm-hmm. I feel like they deserve a chance in the playoffs. For sure. That would just be so exciting, I think, for, um, like, their fans. And, and just hockey in Arizona. Yeah. Moving on to Vancouver. So last season, they had 81 points. Um, and additions this season, um, or this offseason, were JT Miller, Michael Ferlin, Tyler Myers, Jordy Ben, and Oscar Fantenberg. Uh, their subtractions were Ryan Spooner, Marcus Granlin, Derek Puglia, Luke Shen, and Ben Hutton. Through these additions and subtractions, they added 4.9 wins. And a salary cap or a salary addition of $7.8 million. What do we like about the Vancouver Canucks? Do you guys like anything about this team? Oh, um, I like Brock Besser, Elias mm-hmm. Peterson. Mm-hmm. I guess they upgraded in defense. Yeah. Oh, and who's their goalie that's supposed to be like really, really good? Thatcher Demko? Jacob Markstrom? Mm-hmm. Oh, Thatcher Demko? Ah! I mean, he's still, like, developing. Oh. Yeah, I would say. Um, but, yeah, those are things that I like. I like Brock. <laughs> I like Petey. I like um, Jordy Ben. And I really yes. like a lot of the people that they decided to part ways with. Like, I like that they decided to part ways with them. It's not that I like them. Yeah. Um, so, I'm excited. I, I think that they have a lot of potential this season. So, I won't be able to watch because it's on in the literal middle of the night, but I will be supporting them. I think the only move that I liked that they, like, addition-wise was signing Jordy Ben. Um, I'm a fan of Jordy (laughs) Ben. If he couldn't go back to Dallas, I'm happy he went to Vancouver so he can go home. Um, The Canucks are giving us a ton of really good quality Jordy Ben content. Um, Must be nice. (laughs) Yeah, it, it actually is. Um... What I will say, their defense, I think it got better. I don't necessarily think it got better because of, like, Tyler Myers, but I think it got better because Jordy Ben's a good defenseman, like, a good depth defenseman, and they have a full season of Quinn Hughes, and I think that just in in and of itself helps the power play. It helps three-on-three. It just, Quinn is a dynamic defenseman, um, and finally getting him here is something that's going to help the team, I believe. 
Can we go to concerns? Because I have a ton of them. <laughs> My biggest concern with them is, is not even like a player that they signed. Is the fact that they've extended their GM. Um, I feel like that's a concern because I thought it would have been better if they probably parted ways. I like it's weird because Benning, like, I don't. I feel like some of the desperation moves that he made were because he was scared that he was going to get fired because the Canucks have not been in the playoffs in how many years. But he made all these, like, moves to make the team better now, but I don't think that the moves that he made makes the team better in the future. Like, yeah, they might get into the the playoffs this season, but they're not going to do anything. Like, this team, like, how it's constructed now, you didn't get anybody that's going to push your team as a cup contender. Mm -hmm. They might get into the, the playoffs because it's a weak division, but they're then they're going to get beat by the Sharks or the Vegas Golden Knights or the Flames. Like, I, I'm not confident in that team. JT Miller, I honestly, I'm just wondering why. Tyler Myers, I'm just, I, I just don't get why. I don't know. Like, just, I'm, I don't think that's great. But yeah, I mean, it's like weird because like they need difference makers, but I think that players like Jake Vertanen and Nikolai Goldobin, when put in the right position to succeed, they can be those different like depth scorers for the team. But I don't know if it's Benning or I don't know if it's the coach, but I'm not sure they think that the same way that I do. I think that I'm curious about their second line. Um, with Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson, and JT Miller. I think that's a very interesting line, and I think that's the I think that could be a very interesting second option because JT Miller, I've, I've found, is someone that can ride on other people's coattails, so I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And Tanner Pearson once was a goal scorer before he became a penguin and they ruined him. So I'm curious as to like what that line will look like. I wondered like would you put would you say that Tyler Myers or Chris Tanev was there? Like who would you have on the first pair? Chris Tanev. Okay. So then if Tyler Myers would be a good second option, like as long as he's not getting the first pair in minutes, I think he should be okay, and Jordy, we know, can be a good second-pairing defenseman, even though that's not ideal. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm just really curious about what Vancouver is going to look like. The thing about Vancouver's lines is, from what I can tell from last season, um, Green, Travis Green, their coach, changes the lines so frequently. Like, Bo Tanner was with Bo and then Tanner was with Petey and then Tanner was with on was on the third line and then Tanner was back with Bo and then Tanner was moved like he changes Bo's line specifically depending on who is the top line of the team they're playing so if it's a real like if he wants Bo to be like really like rough tumble then he'll put Anton Roussel on Bo's wing and it's like Bo is a defensive center absolutely but he also can score and, like, you kind of need your second line to be that offense, even if it's going to be a shutdown. Or not, maybe not a shutdown line, but it's going to be a line that goes against top lines. So I just don't know if any of the lines that 
we see or we think if they'll get the chance to have some consistency because Coach Green changes them so much. I, I do think that um, Michael Furland is a really good ad for them. Um, so if yeah. he should be, like, another scoring option. Like, I like all the... I like all the players in their top six, even though, like, ideally you wouldn't have JT Miller in your top six. I do like all those players up there. Just their configuration and chemistry is what I'm concerned about. I think with Vancouver, we you just have to see. Because even last year, they had some spurts where they were just, like, winning. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I like their goalie, Jacob Markstrom. I don't know if he's consistent enough. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these players are are new, I feel like this team is built for a team that's trying to win now. But I think yeah. they really should be trying to develop their younger players. Like, look at what – like, if you have something with Jake Bertanen or that's really the only, like – prospect that I see that's not Peterson or Vesic. Jake Verdanen yeah. is still a prospect? Like, like, he's like not, 23. He's not like a prospect, but like he's still someone that you're trying to be like, okay, so what do we actually have? Like a lot of, they're not as young as you think that they would be because I feel like yeah. they've been rebuilding for so long, but yeah. like, like looking at this roster, they don't have that many young players. Yeah. And that's the thing that's frustrating is because like, you know, Last year was a development developmental year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for the young guys like Brock, for Petey. Like, no one expected Petey to be as good as he actually is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why you're trying to push and add all these older players to these bigger contracts or just to have these contracts clog up your books mm-hmm. when all the prospects that prospects that you acquired from being so bad should be the ones filling your roster and when it's time to contend those are the players that you you want to contend with but that's just my idea of it i have a very uh, hextall version of rebuilding which is not building on the fly but i mean i just don't get that and that's why i just i just have so many concerns like what is bending trying to do is he trying to save his own self or is he trying to win a cup because some the moves his moves are too inconsistent to see which he's what he's trying to do, right? And th- like these older guys, they're clogging up the chance to have I'm all these you. minor players play. So. And like, here's the thing um, that kills me is like you signed Tyler Myers, and maybe Tyler Myers was like a person you needed to get. You in my mind, it wasn't, but maybe maybe it was. Maybe it was. You couldn't find another defenseman. That could be in your top four. You would rather pay Tyler Myers or a Anton Anton Roussel or a Jay Beagle than locking up Brock Besser long term. Mm-hmm. Like what? To me, you should be trying to lock him lock up Brock Besser. He has he stated before that he wanted to stay in Vancouver, so I don't understand why you wouldn't try to lock him up long term. Breakout players? Do we have any question? Do we have any breakout players? Um, fantasy-wise, people are saying Alex Edler, JT Miller, and Jacob Markstrom are sleepers, and then Sven Barchi is a deep, deep sleeper. Um, 
deep, deep. I was gonna say I'd say Quinn Hughes. I don't think he'll like. I think he'll surprise people for a defenseman. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's my breakout player. Okay, I agree. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I I hope they give Tanner Pearson Boho Horvat. Is that his real first name? Bo, yeah. Where is he? Yeah, Bo Horvat. Is he from Canada? Like yeah, he's like from like yeah, Lakeville, like Canada. very yeah. All right, are we good with Vancouver? Doesn't can we? Do you want to move on? So so Anaheim, Anaheim added Michael Delzato, Jesus, Jesus and then Nikolai DeSoulers, and they subtracted Corey Perry, whom they bought out, and through these ch- transactions, they added negative, or yeah, negative point eight wins. And then they added, or no, they subtracted 4.3 million. And I'm so sorry. Anaheim last season had 80 points. Nice. They went 35, 37, 10. What do we like about this team? I think I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I like that they have a new coach in Dallas Eakins. Mm-hmm. And I like Hampus Lindholm, Ricard Raquel, Troy Terry, Jesus. and John Gibson. Oh, I thought you didn't like those four. I'm sad with. I don't, but I like his skill. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Um, I'll pick it up. I again looked at the Anaheim Ducks like preview for Dom's article on the Athletic, and he basically breaks it down like the Ducks can do well. Um, because I mean, again, it's a weak Pacific division, but. He really likes this, the new coaching, the the new coach, the fact that Carlisle was their coach. He just, he he was saying that you could see him drain the pr- productivity out of the team, like mm-hmm. each season by season, as well as just the fact that if all of them can stay healthy, then he thinks that this team can be competitive, uh, mostly because of John Gibson. John Gibson, he rates um, all of the players, but John Gibson had a four- Point eight, um, a four point eight rating, which I believe it's out of five. Or no, no, no. Yeah, I think it's out of five. But anyway, he says that he adds four point eight wins to a team just because, just by his play. And I think that's like one under McDavid. Um, so John Gibson is a huge factor in Anaheim. Some. Oh, I'll I'll wait for concerns when we get to concerns because he also does bring up a concern, which I was surprised about. I like this year for Anaheim as like um a good developmental year. Like I know they have like some players like Ricard Raquel and like Andre Pache mm-hmm. or whatever that have been in the league for like a really long time. But they do have not really long but for a while. But they do have like players like Maxime Comtois and like Troy Terry that are like coming oh. they have like um they have like upcoming players that I think like giving them a taste of the NHL mm-hmm. while guest lab is still there and they have like a new coach who will ideally be their coach for a while. So like, I, I don't expect much from this team, but I don't think that they will be horrible. I think this will be like a really good developmental year for them. And they still have all their draft picks and they're not expected they to get into the playoffs. So they have no reason to give them away. That's fair. That's a fair way to look at it. Yeah, I think that this will be like a good almost maintenance year for them to not some of the loose ends, maybe um, 
really determine what it is they need moving forward so that in the future they can, you know, make those decisions, whether that's at the draft or, you know, through trades or whatnot. But I I, I don't necessarily know that they'll have the best of seasons, but um, I think it'll be a good learning experience for everyone. (laughs) I will say that I really do like their defense. Mm -hmm. I think Cam Fowler is not as good as everyone hyped him up to be. But um, Hampus Lindholm is really good. Josh Manson is good. Um, Brandon Gooley, who was a Buffalo Sabre, um, he's actually pretty good. And I like that he's getting um, the opportunity to play in, on the Ducks because they're bad. So they're going to play anyone. <laughs> so that he's getting a chance. Because <laughs> the Sabres, like, they wouldn't play him. And, like, he's like was like a, a highly touted um, prospect. But what else is new? They don't play him and then they trade him, so... I mean, it seems, do you guys have any concerns? It seems like you guys are kind of like, this is just a, you know, it's just a year. They're not. The sure is a team. Okay. Yeah. It is. I, it sucks. I, how old is, um, Brian, John Gibson? I think he's like 25, 20 or 26 okay. or something like that. I just, it just sucks that they're wasting this. Yeah. His like prime years. Mm-hmm. Um, which will suck because when you have good goaltending, like you kind of have to take advantage of it. But um, come home to Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> you signed for a really long um, time though. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Any concerns? I just said mine. <laughs> and then I don't. I don't know if it's like concerns because I don't expect them to do much. Yeah. So like, I don't know if I have. Any concerns? I hope Dallas Eakins is good as a coach um, because I know he had a rough go of it last time. I guess I would be concerned if Ryan Kessler is healed and he's able to play because I don't think he's part of their future. Kelsey? Um, no, no big concerns. I don't think they're a team. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I, I don't expect them to do much, um, so I don't have a ton of concerns besides just their wasting John Gibson. Yeah. And probably Ricard Raquel. And Hampus. And, and Hampus's uh, primes. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> um, so, all right, breakout players. Fantasy-wise, we have John Gibson, Ricard Raquel, and Ryan Getzloff. They should have bounce-back years. Um, OJ Case? Am I saying his name right? I think it's Andre. Wow. Andre? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Andre Case. Cam Fowler will have bounce back uh, seasons, but that's because of injury. And then Jacob Silverberg is a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Any ones you would like to add? Sam, um, Sam Steele and um, Maxime Comtois. Because I think they, oh. I think they, I think they did good okay. on, like, um world juniors and stuff so i'm kind of interested mm-hmm. to see what happens with them Kelsey? um john gibson always okay and i'm also interested in cam fowler i'd like to i'd yeah. like to see him be healthy and be able to do it properly do it up i would like to throw one person in there and just troy terry i don't know i watched that one world juniors where mm-hmm. he just like, he was a shootout king, <laughs> and I'm ready to dethrone TJ Oshie as that. So I'm all in on Troy Terry. I can't wait. I, yeah, I... he And he's, like, a good kid. I, yeah, so I think um, 
I would hope that Troy would break out. Yeah. Moving on to Edmonton. Edmonton had 79 points last season. Um, and this offseason, they added Mike Smith and Marcus Granlin. Um, they subtracted Ty Ratty, Kevin Garvel, um, Andre Sakara, Tobias Reeder, Alex Petrovic. And I'm going to say his name wrong because I heard someone say, what's his name? He requested a trade. Oh. We can say. Oh. Pugliarvi? Yes, Pugliarvi. Okay, but yeah. So we'll add him to the subtraction because, I mean, he said he wasn't going to play, so he ain't going to play. All right. <laughs> so based on these subtractions, they added 0.3 wins, and then they subtracted uh, $5.2 million from their salary. Um so with Edmonton, what do we like? Don't all speak at <laughs> once. Let's not, you know. Oscar Cupcom uh, yes. is very handsome. Um, I like that. If we're talking about handsomeness, I'd like to throw in Juju. Ju- yes. Oh, Juju Kara. I'm going to say his name. Juju Kara. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Did you know that Josh Archibald was on this team? I heard that that something similar could happen, and I was <laughs> devastated. Like, the Yotes screwed me over with Josh Archibald. He is like a mini Hags. Perfect on the power uh, penalty kill. Such good speed. I'm disgusted that he's in Edmonton. <laughs> I'm looking at this TV, man. man. <laughs> yeah, they're... So, huh. I've never seen such a wide variety of skill on a lineup <laughs> um and it's i mean it it hurts because like Connor mcdavid's so good um oh. and then you just have people that are so not good but dom's model basically the article that he had for the edmonton oilers summed up that goaltending and the lack of depth will be the biggest factors for this team. Even the big three, which is McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins, they can't carry this team on their own. And the addition of Mike Smith, he's not even, in Dom's opinion, their starting goaltender. He has the Miku Koskinen as their starting goaltender. I think they're, and, and according to Dom, their best defenseman, who is at a... Oscar Clefbaum mm-hmm. is like not that great. <laughs> no. So, I mean, James Neal, if he can have a back a bounce a bounce back season, I mean that definitely helps the second line. But and like okay, so another thing with uh, Dom's like depth charts, he has like projected lines and then he ranks them mm-hmm. like out of all the lines in the so. The first line is obviously Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and then Zach Cassian on the other side. Um, and that, like, Leon is very highly ranked. Connor McDavid obviously is very highly ranked. And that line is ranked 14th in the <laughs> league. Like, oh, no. Like, it's still not one of the top five lines in the league because Zach Cassian's that bad. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, I mean. I mean, something's got to give in Edmonton, you'd think. 
And and sometimes when you pray at night, you pray that it doesn't, <laughs> and that is fine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, but I'm no, saying like I. Like I would like to see it fall apart. I would like to see it, but yeah, how much you know, more can it fall apart? I mean, McDavid asked for a trade. Like, is is that too much to ask? Like, I would like to see it break him. Okay, I would like to see his decisions, like blow up in his face. I feel like no, I'm just kidding. Feel, not to bring up the Pens, but I feel like for the Pens in their dark years when they had Sid Sid playing with like whomever like random people it wasn't as bad as whatever Edmonton has going on right now and like they have a lot of the one thing that I can say that is that a lot of these people are UFAs at the end of the Mm -hmm. year but it's like you still need a roster and like I don't know if this free agent class is about to be like, you know, like, people that you can grab, but no one wants to come to Edmonton. And, like, just the... They talk about Winnipeg. Edmonton isn't that much better. Like, the city and the weather. Like, no... And we can't win? No thanks. Yeah, at least, <laughs> like, at least in Winnipeg, you're gonna win. Like, the fans exactly, are gonna really like saying. you. Like, I mean, like, Wheeler's gonna be your captain. Like, like, true. So, I mean... So, in the section that we talk about what we like on this team, can... All of us name one thing that we like. I I said Clawbaum was handsome. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I'll count back. Kelsey. Um, I always like to watch Ryan Nugent Hopkins play. All right. Okay. And for me, I think I like Kaylor, Kyler Yakamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see him be successful. Yeah, he's um, gonna be my pick for breakout. I would like to see it. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Mm. All right, so then we'll go to concerns. (laughs) No, 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 this was something we liked. I was just talking about one thing I liked, and I'm like, Kyler, I think he's adorable. Imagine if he Um, doesn't make the team. Like, I would be like, get me out of here then. It's like, what do I have to do? Oh, like, pull your arm? Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at breakout players. So, Kelsey, I'll have you go first, since I kind of already outed your surprise breakout player. I mean, he was one of your options, so... Um, yeah, <laughs> Kyler Yaka- Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I wanted to put a K Just in Kyle. There. I don't know. Um, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I want James Neal to bounce out <laughs> of the league. <laughs> I was gonna have him be one of my bounce back really? players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, cause I just don't, like, you're, he's gonna play with um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and, like, that's a very good center in, like, some of his prime years, mm-hmm. you know, I think, how can, if he does bad then, then you need to get out, yeah. like, yeah. I, if you can't play with him, then you gotta go. I think that's one of, that was one of his, like, gripes in Calgary, was that I think he thought that he was gonna get top six minutes and top six quality of players, and he mm-hmm. didn't, so I think that's what he attributed to having, like, two roles. So, but I think being on Nuge's wing should um, help him be better. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get 40 yeah. goals, obviously, but, you know. If he gets four goals, it would be successful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else on Edmonton? All right. We are moving on to last. So this 
season or this off season, they added Mario Kemp and Markin, wait, Martin Furk. They wait, is that let go? Is that a typo or is that correct? <laughs> I think that's well. Listen, here's the thing. I copied and pasted. So not a single if it's a not a single one, and that sounds so like familiar and hot. Um, so while we look that up, uh, I'll just talk about their subtractions are Brandon Leipzig, Nikita Sherbank, and Dion Phaneuf. Um, through those additions and subtractions, they added 0.8 wins, um, and a salary cap subtraction of 4.9 million. Ladies, what do we like about the LA Kings? They do have some prospects that are... They Hey, now, they have, <laughs> they got, they caught a good one in the first round of this past draft. So, um, um, okay, hmm, oh, I forgot that Kovalchuk was on this team! Yes, Kovalchuk, yep. Um, okay, so I do like Tyler Toffoli, mm-hmm. Adrian Kempe, I'm not sure if I like him. Yeah. They, did they add his brother? So, um... I looked at Dom's article once again for them because I'm lazy and I'm consistent. And basically, Dom, his key points were like, his their elite players such as Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty um, are leaving their quote-unquote elite years. And he thinks that like Kopitar will have another, like could maybe bounce back, but um, Dustin Brown and Drew Doughty, not so much. Um he said they normally have been a really good expected goals um, and play driving team, but this past year their stats have been going down. And I think me personally, that's because they change coaches. Um, their old coach, what is his name? Mm. He's like a little hick. Um, I think he's a Sutter. But yeah, Daryl Sutter was like really good Sweet. at limiting their expected goals um, and their play driving. And well, they were very strong play driving team under him but since he's been in the sense now he's no longer there they have gotten worse um each year um another thing that he brings up is their goaltending quick is kind of on the downswing but they have a prospect they got 11th overall um jack campbell who is very good um he has a save percentage of 0.927 so that's very good for a goaltender um, the other things that like notable, like players that he lists that it's just that Andre Kemp is very good. He's very good defensively. He's a very good defensive center, but they don't know how good offensively he can become. So if that's something that he can work on this season, you can see him step up. And then if just, if Tyler Toffoli can continue on that, basically he's the best player he was a, their best player last season um, because of on uh, Kopitar and Dowdy's down season. Um, and if he can continue that, those are two players to like watch. Um, and as well as like a healthy Jeff Carter. Um, basically, I what I got from his article is that the Kings are rebuilding. There's no way they can avoid this, mm-hmm. um, especially with their contracts and their elite players just not being at that level anymore or at that level that they would need to be to carry this team into the playoffs. 
like we said with Edmonton, the, if Mc, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins, it's hard for them to drag a team into a playoff. I think an old, uh, an aging Kopitar, Dustin Brown, and Drew Doughty, it would be near impossible. I feel like I talked a lot about the concerns for the team. Do do we have something that we like about this team? I like. Obviously. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I got locked out of my thing. Okay. I, I was like... going to say. Oh, sorry. I like Anse Kopitar. And I'm. Okay. The Dowdy Kachuk matchup is always worth watching. Four times oh. a year. Four times. You love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say. But okay. To wrap up the LA Kings, breakout players. So. Fantasy wise, we Kopitar, Dowdy, Toffoli could have bounce back seasons, and then Jonathan Quick an injury bounce back. In my opinion, well, I just say this is very generic, and un, it just doesn't seem really like that likely. Maybe Tyler Toffoli, but Drew Dowdy, give it a rest. <laughs> no, Jonathan Quick, no, you don't want him as your core he's not my number one goalie goaltender no so i would like to recommend any other breakout players <laughs> i i would say andre kemp uh kempe i i have faith in him that he might have a breakout season Kovalchuk. offensively kovalchuk is a good one yeah kelsey anyone you have no okay todd, McClendon. todd, todd McClendon, the coach no. yeah that's the coach? Yeah, I think this is this his is this gonna be his first season with them? Or his second? I feel like I they're know. always firing. He's him. bad. He I don't trust him because he ruined Team North America in my opinion. So just to put a bow on it, after looking through all the teams, do we still think the top three will be the top three? <laughs> yeah. If there, if you had to pick a sleeper from the bot, like the bottom, not including the Sharks, uh, the the Knights or the Flames, who would you pick? A sleeper that might push it so that the Pacific Division has four um, teams um, in the playoffs. I'm not gonna pick the obvious pick. Um, I would say okay. the Ducks, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah. Um. What about you, Kelsey? Or I can come back. I to like the Ducks. I also okay. can't just can't count out Edmonton, but I don't know. Oh, all right. What, Chrissy? What yeah, was that's the what obvious? I was wondering. Oh, I felt like, like the Coyotes were the obvious. Like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. They almost got into it this year. I mean, last season. And now they have filled. Um, okay. They do, and he is a th- what a thrill. What a thrill. <laughs> when he shoots that pill. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes the end of today's episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I hope you cut that. <laughs> You're not going to, but I hope you do. I might. Um. But yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening today to today's episode. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or any um, 
thing you want us to talk about in the next episode or future episodes, you can always hit us up at on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, please rate review um, on iTunes or any platform that you listen to us on. And if we're not on a podcasting site that you would like us to be on, just let us know and we'll try to get on there. Keyword try. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. That's it for me.